Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Brian Driscoll. Brian is a real estate investor, a digital marketing and SEO expert. He's co-founder of Motivated Seller Leads, a digital marketing agency that helps investors expand their real estate portfolios quickly by generating quality, motivated seller leads. He has over a decade of experience doing SEO for both large and small companies, but after investing in some of his agency profits into rental properties, he and his business partner realized that true wealth comes from real estate investing. Now, in addition to real estate investing, Brian uses his experience to help other investors find quality leads. But Brian today helped us think through like SEO, Facebook leads, and pay-per-click campaigns and thinking through how to do that. Should we have them? Should we not? Where should we start? The pros and cons of some of each of those. He also provided a few websites and a few tools that if you're just getting started or if you have a team that's very experienced are going to be very helpful to you. I hope you will note them down because I know it's going to be helpful. One specifically, I'm not going to tell you what it is, you'll have to listen to the show, but it's going to help you to get testimonials from your current investors. So you have that content of testimonials to help grow your investor base. Just a great tip that I had not heard of before. And just talks about building your audience on Facebook and just the ability to push hard to through your business and have a balance as well. So enjoy the show. Brian, welcome to the show. You have some skill sets that Our team needs to learn, honestly, a lot better. And we need somebody like yourself to help us walk through some of this. I'm thankful for this conversation today. I know the listeners do as well, because we're all trying to grow our brand. And man, you know, if somebody says digital marketing, sometimes we're like, what is that again? What does that mean? Like, how do we do that and do that well? And that is your expertise. Tell us, I know you've been doing it. You mentioned for like 15 years or more, but give us a little more about that background. How did you get into this? And let's jump into our specific niche too. Yeah, sure. Thanks. By the way, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I got into digital marketing back in like the early 2000s. So I got involved. I don't know if you're familiar with the platform called Upwork. Oh, yeah. I got involved before Upwork. I got involved back when it was Odesk. So I started dabbling around on websites, stuff like that, figured out kind of how SEO worked. And then I hopped on there and started doing it for people for like 20 bucks an hour, found out I was pretty decent at it. And then I grew my whole business on freelancing. But Six, seven years ago, I got into real estate investing too. And I started marketing for myself here in Pittsburgh and we crushed it. So we cru- So that's basically how I got into this space, real estate versus just traditional digital marketing. Wow. So I'm looking forward to this. Tell me for the listener that's brand new to this, what is digital marketing? Why do they need it? Yeah, sure. So digital marketing is displaying ads, not even necessarily ads, having a presence online. So you can do multiple different ways. You have SEO, which is ranking in the free section of Google. You have Google pay-per-click, which is paying Google to be at the top of their search engine and show ads there. And then you also have Facebook ads, which is showing ads in Facebook's newsfeed. Plus you have all kinds of other ones like Pinterest, stuff like that. But I focus on those three. Okay. Where should someone start? So each is different. So SEO has a very high return on your investment. It takes a long time to start seeing traction though, because you do something and what you're trying to do is optimize your website to be relevant for what you're trying to rank for. For example, if you're trying to rank for sell your house, you need to make a page that's relevant 
for that keyword. And then you have to wait for Google to look at your website, see if determined it's also relevant, and then they move you up the search engine. So it's real slow because we're not paying anything. It's just we're optimizing to be there. You mentioned like free or you're not paying anything. Is that as far as it just sitting there and Google being able to search the site and see those keywords, right? But hiring an SEO company or somebody to help you with that, that could be expensive, right? Walk through that just briefly. Yeah. So if you're going to hire an SEO company, it could be expensive. It's usually $1,500, $2,000 a month and up. You can get people cheaper. You're kind of going to get what you pay for. With SEO too, there's different things on there. You have on-page SEO, which is pretty much optimizing and changing things on your actual website. So your blog, your title tags, your content on your website. Then you have off-page SEO, which is link building. What that is, Google and the search engines kind of look at links coming to your website. And what I mean by that is a different website has a link on your website that someone can click and come to your website. They look at those like votes. So if your on-page is optimized really well, and then you also have people linking to your website, giving those votes, it shows a little bit of credibility and that helps you rank there. But yeah, hiring a firm, it can be free if you do it yourself or you hire a firm, you're looking usually a couple grand a month. We won't spend a ton of time on SEO, but what's something somebody should be thinking about now if they're first building their website or maybe as they move forward, writing blogs or doing things on their website, how can they be kind of optimizing for SEO so they don't have to hire somebody, or at least in a right now, maybe they're on a tight budget? Yeah. So what I would do if I was doing it on my own, I would look, there's tools called SEM Rush. There's a tool called AREFs, A-H-R-E-F-S.com. You can look at those. And then what you do is, so say you're writing a blog. Think about the phrase somebody would type into the search engine to find that blog. Go type it into one of those tools and do keyword research. What it's going to show, it's going to show how many people are searching for that phrase. So sell my house fast or sell my home fast. Which one do you want to write on the page? Which one they're searching for? And then what you want to do when you're writing that content, make sure you have the keyword you're targeting in your title. That's a title tag, your meta description, put it in your H1 tag, and then put it a couple of times in your body content so that the search engine, when they're looking at the page, they can tell what it's about. You have to have the words on the page that you're trying to rank for so they know what your page is about. Great tips. What's an H1 tag? H1 tag. So if you're on a website, the big, bold headline of the page, that's the H1 tag. Okay. No, that's great to know. Man, some great tips right there. I mean, those websites alone, right? As you are trying to title your blog that you just wrote, that's great. Man, take a few extra minutes and figure that out. So let's jump into like the Facebook ads, pay-per-click. Maybe briefly, what do those do for you? Why should the listener be thinking about using something like a Facebook ad or pay-per-click campaign? Okay. So both of the platforms, you can pay to be in front of the audience immediately. So it's like, okay, I stick a campaign up. People see me tomorrow versus SEO. I build my website. They see me in six months. Paid marketing is kind of like renting a house. SEO is like owning a house. So while you're paying Facebook, while you're paying Google, you're being shown. Once you pull your ad spend away, you're not. Differences are Facebook, you're paying per impression, which means you're paying Facebook say $20 every time they show your ad 1,000 times in your area. Google pay-per-click, you're paying per click. So in a real estate space, it can get very expensive. You could be paying $20 or $30 per click versus on Facebook, you're not in direct competition with other investors. You're competing with the bakery and shoe store down the street just because you're competing on impressions in the area. Does make sense. So let's say we're going to start a Facebook campaign. Many of our listeners are trying to market to investors, right? That's a lot of our business and trying to get get our name out there, get our brand out there online. So we look official, right? We look professional. So we trigger, you know, just them wanting to get to know more about us. So we build that no like trust and what also says missing that loyalty component eventually. But they first have to see us, right? Somewhere. And oftentimes now, and one of the most efficient ways is through something like this online. 
So help us walk through that a little bit, you know, as far as a Facebook ad or pay-per-click, whichever you think is going to be most beneficial for the listener or myself, as we're trying to market to investors, like you mentioned before we got started recording, like, so we don't look like just some guy off the street, right? So there's a couple of things. I would start with Facebook first. Reason is Facebook gives you a lot of opportunity. You can make videos, show images, stuff like that versus Google's primarily text-based. So you can put like a person behind your business easier on Facebook. So what I would do is say I'm an investor, I buy Flipper, things like that, and I'm trying to raise funds. I would start at the beginning. Number one, I would have my ads targeting people that want to sell their property. Okay. Like we buy houses, we buy property, stuff like that. And then on that Facebook page, the properties that I'm getting, I would start showing before and after pictures. I would have like video walkthroughs, stuff like that. Testimonials are huge. Testimonials work really well as Facebook ads because your ad text will sell what you're trying to do. Like, hey, we buy properties, we close fast, stuff like that. But your ad, your actual video could be someone talking about at the closing table or wherever, hey, this is what our experience was. It was so easy. So use things like that also to help build the credibility of your business there. So maybe in our case, that could be like another investor saying, hey, I love working with this company, right? Or LifeBridge Capital for us or somebody else. Maybe them giving a 20 or 30 second testimonial. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's huge too. Because social proof, especially when you're looking for someone to give you money, you have to be pretty credible. There's a website that I use too. It's called Video Peel. And what it is, I don't know what they charge or anything. I'm grandfathered in one of their old ones. But you can send a link to current clients And it's nice because they click the link and it opens their camera right on their phone. They press record and it records the testimony and sends it right over to you. There's a tip for you. But those are huge just because you can talk well about yourself. But if other people are talking really good about you, that goes a long way. Incredible. I mean, that tip right there alone is worth the show. I hope the listeners are paying attention to that because I know, you know, we have a process now personally that, you know, somebody on our team reaches back out to investors and says, hey, you know, would you provide a testimonial? Or maybe they say something really great already. And we ask them, hey, could we use that as a testimonial? They obviously get their approval, but that is a great option right there, that videopeel.com. I'm going to remember that. I hope the listener will as well, because that does, it goes a long ways when talking to other investors, when they can see that, right? That proof, that social proof. So dive into what are some issues we're going to have maybe with Facebook or pay-per-click or some things that we should expect or do's and don'ts, pros, cons, those types of things that we need to know is we're just getting started to run these ads. Yeah, sure. So first thing that I see, I see this a lot too with people just getting into Facebook. There's something called a Facebook pixel. And what that is, that's a snippet of code that you put on your website. And what it is, it allows Facebook to track user behavior. So someone clicks a Facebook ad, comes to your website, it allows them to see, did they submit a form or did they only go to one page or did they call the phone number? And if you don't have that on your website, you're probably wasting money. I mean, you might get a lead or might get what you're looking for. But for everybody doing Facebook, make sure you have that on there. It's super easy. You go right into your ad manager and click pixels, take the code, copy and paste it right into the header of your website. That's very, very important if you'd be running Facebook. Okay. Facebook pixels. You know, I remember we built our first website many years ago and it was like two years later, somebody said something about Facebook pixel and I'm like, what is that? And then sure enough, we look and it wasn't even turned on. I'm like, are you kidding? (laughs) After all this time, it wasn't even turned on. And so, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. What else? What's something that I guess most people miss or maybe a couple of things that even experienced people would miss as they're starting something like this? Okay, so two things you're going to want to do. Once you have the Facebook pixel installed on your website, build an audience. Build an audience in Facebook. You can go in there. Everybody that engages with your page and goes to your website. What that allows you to do is retarget them. So say someone comes to your website, wants to sell their property or whatever it is, they come, they don't fill out a form that allows you to show ads and follow them and 
Facebook or Instagram, kind of like when you go looking at shoes and then your whole Facebook feed's filled with shoes. So that's very important. Another thing would be set up event tracking on the Facebook pixel too. So if you're running lead generation, you're trying to get people to fill out a form, there's a specific code you can put on the page after you fill out the form on your thank you page, it would be a lead event. Put that on there too, because then you can tell Facebook, Facebook will give you whatever you're asking for. So if you want like click likes, they'll give you that. If you want link clicks, they'll give you that. So you want to tell them, hey, I want leads. Put the lead code on the website, show them what a lead is, and then they're going to give that to you. Nice. I know one of your specialties are finding distressed properties, right? Using this technique and being able to find distressed properties. What about you're building these leads? You have all these leads coming in. I know you have some methods maybe for what about leads you don't want? Well, lead, that's a good question. So I invest in one zip code only in, in the city of Pittsburgh and I market to the whole city of Pittsburgh. So what I do is I've partnered up with a wholesaler. I shoot him over the leads. He runs them and we just joint venture and split the profit 50-50. So yeah, if you have overflow lead, don't just not call them and think they're out of the area. Find out who wants those because they're valuable to somebody. Nice. I guess thinking through SEO, Facebook, pay-per-click, how often do you see people doing this themselves versus having somebody on their team do it versus hiring a third party completely? Yeah, so I don't really know the percent of it. Some people do it. Most people that are successful in business, especially in real estate, don't want to spend the time to learn Facebook. It's not profitable. Focus on what you're doing. Some people do want to do it themselves. And if you know how to do it, then you can hire someone in-house too and oversee them, make sure they're doing it correctly, things like that. And then other people just say, hey, I don't want to deal with this. I just want to outsource it. So I guess there's no right or wrong. If you want to learn it, good. But I tell people like, look where your time is best spent profitable wise, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, listeners heard me talk about that so often. And that's why I encourage people like find somebody that's an expert like yourself doing that thing, right? It's going to happen so much faster than you trying to learn it and really taking you away from those most profitable tasks that you could be working on. Okay, so I guess if you had to pick one, where would you say start? I think you said Facebook earlier, but is that kind of across the board or is that for a specific type of industry? And I mean, obviously for us, like I said, you know, we're trying to market to investors. What would you say if we, maybe we have a smaller budget, which one? I would start on Facebook. The reason I say that is, especially in the real estate space, some other spaces, maybe not, but in the real estate space, because of the cost, we can get in front of way more people for the same dollar than in Google pay-per-click. And also if we're trying to get in front of investors too, like I said, you can do videos, things like that. Like the branding's huge. So you have two different components if you're trying to get in front of investors. Number one, you're trying to generate leads for yourself for deals that you're trying to do. And then also you're trying to get in front of investors showing them, hey, I'm credible. So if you can have both of those going at the same time, it's like, okay, we're generating leads. So they see you have a very credible presence on that side and a good lead flow. And then also you have a separate campaign going for investors. Plus they all see the retargeting. You can put like once an investor comes to your website, you can retarget them with testimonials, things like that too, which is huge. Sometimes you may have a cold ad coming to your website just to get them to click to come through to introduce your brand to them. And then you want to nurture them. That's where the retargeting comes from. And that's where you'd stick testimonial videos, pictures of your team, maybe videos of you talking, giving tips, stuff like that. So it's kind of like overall kind of encompassing thing there. How often are these things changing to where, you know, well, we've got to learn something else or we need to change our plan here? Pretty frequently. Like I know this year with Facebook, Apple just had an update, iOS 14 update, which completely changed a ton of stuff in the real estate space and a couple other ones too. Basically what Apple's saying is, hey, you have to click a button and give permission for anyone advertising for us to give your data to them now. 
So the Facebook pixel that we're talking about, building audiences, lists, showing Facebook who's a lead. If someone on an Apple does not click the button to share their information, we now no longer are able to give that information to Facebook to optimize. So that created a lot of different things. Like you have to verify your domain in Facebook now. You have to set up event priority optimization, stuff like that. So things are changing all the time. So you just have to keep up on it. Again, why you need an expert like yourself on your team to help you with these things. What kind of budget should somebody plan for running ads on Facebook? I'd say it depends on your market. So say you're trying to generate local deals, stuff like that. I would say you're looking at probably $1,500 a month. If you're going national, I'd probably recommend like three or four grand a month. So depending on how aggressive you want to get, I usually won't start with a super high budget. You could even start with maybe 500 too, if you wanted just to dip your water, if you're doing it yourself, you don't want to spend a whole ton of money in there because some of the ads you're doing may not convert and some of them will. So you want to find out which ones are working and then divert more money there. That's a good point there. You said, which ones are working? So how many should we have and how should they differ so we can test that? Normally, I'll build a campaign. So I'll build a campaign. So in Facebook, you have a campaign structure, then you have an ad set, and then you have your ad. So normally, what I'm going to do is build a campaign. In the ad set, we're going to be able to choose like which audiences or which interests, because you can target interest, demographics, things like that, if you're in certain industries. So normally, I'll do one campaign, a couple ad sets to test those, and then about four or five ads in each, depending on budget, though. If you're only doing, say, $20 a day, I'd probably have a campaign with one ad set, maybe two or three ads. So the more ads you have, the higher the budget you're going to want to allocate. Okay. Just some great tips. I think that's like, I would say the way of the future, but it's like been here for a long time, right? These things, anything on that? Like, is this like here to stay, this type of ads, anything else or any other kind of ads that we should be thinking about? I think this is here to stay. Well, especially you got to look at your demographic. Like who are you targeting? So if we're in real estate, we're targeting older demographic, depending on what you're doing in real estate, but we're targeting older people. So Facebook and Instagram are where they are. If you're doing something where you're targeting younger people, you're probably going to want to be on TikTok, things like that. And it's constantly changing too. There's always new platforms coming out. So you're going to want to first think, okay, who do I want to get in front of? What platform or where are they hanging out? That's where you're going to want to advertise. Awesome. Well, so many great tips, Brian. Anything else about Facebook ads or pay-per-click, SEO, anything like that you want to leave the listeners with before we move to a few final questions? Yeah, that's probably about it. One thing I would say is if you want to try it, just do it. Don't go down the rabbit hole just researching like set something up, even if it's only for $5 a day, just learn how it works. Because once you start doing it, you'll progress and you'll start learning versus a lot of people just keep diving into blogs, trying to learn how to do it. And they never take action. Awesome. Well, you had a question or suggested talking point that your team had sent over. And one of those really stood out to me. And one of those were like staying mentally sane while pushing hard. I wanted you to be able to elaborate on that. What's this kind of the story behind that? And let's dive into that a little bit while we have a couple minutes. Okay. Yeah. So I push really hard. So I have long days. I like what I do. I wake up at like four. I work till like 5 p.m., hang with the kids, work a little bit more and go to bed. You have an understanding wife for sure, right? If you're married. (laughs) Right. And then be insane. Like, so back in the day, like years ago, I pushed too hard and kind of lost it. Like, like didn't sleep for a night or two and your brain doesn't work like that. So it's so important, like push hard, but make sure you have that balance too. find what calms you down. Like me, I take the family camping during the weekend or things like that. Or I always make sure at evenings, like to hang with the family. So push as hard as you can, but also you got to find that balance because you got to reset. You can't keep sprinting all the time. Yeah. 
you mentioned like going camping on the weekends. How do you shut it off? I know for me, like that's difficult, right? Just like I'm trying more than ever now, like just leave the phone in the office in the afternoon, things like that. Any tips around that, how you've done that? Because it is so important to be able to have that, like just time away, especially with family, like you mentioned. It is. Yeah, it's tough too. I turn my phone on, like sometimes I'll just turn my phone on airplane mode just because people are hitting you up all the time. Like when I go camping, I'll leave my phone in the camper all day. It's like, okay, I'll check it in the morning. I'm done all day. If I want, I'll check it in the evening. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting like your life's going to pass you by, especially in this world, especially in digital too. You got people messaging all the time. Most of it's not like if I look at something that pull me away from the family, any, I look at it like in a year, am I going to look back and be like, I'm not even gonna remember what that was. So make that time and space it out and put your phone on airplane mode. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is great. My wife challenged me recently, like leave the phone in the bedroom when you get up until like 6.30 or 7, right? And that's been great. And then I'm not even tempted to be looking at it when I'm like, have just focus time in the morning, be reading or something else. Brian, what about some daily habits that you're disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? Yeah. So I wake up early and that's just naturally, like not by an alarm clock, reading. So in the morning, I like to read because it kind of clears your head, starts the day. And then what I'll do is like the night before and then also in the morning, I have a detailed calendar. So I pretty much prep myself. Okay, here's all the appointments I got today. And me personally, what I do, so I don't have to even think about them. I go on my phone and I set an alarm for five minutes before every call or everything I need to do for the day. And it's like, okay, alarm went off. What do I get to do? So I can focus 100% on what I'm doing. And that would just pull me off whenever it's time to be done doing that. Number one thing that's contributed to your success? Failing, I think. I would have to say probably pushing really hard and getting punched in the face and then getting back up and just keep trying. Like I always look at it, it's like, you don't have to keep trying. You just have to try one more time. Like It's not like you got to try for 50 years. It's like, okay, you failed. Let me just try something else once. And then you fail and okay, one more. You can always do one more time. It's real easy, you know? I love that thought process there. Hey, and if you think it's just one more time, it seems more accomplishable, right? I can do one more time. If you think, like you said, it's going to be 50 years, you're probably going to give up. And it's not going to take that long, right? Most likely. Right. That's incredible. So how do you like to give back? I donate. I do a lot of donating. I usually do it anonymously, stuff like that, just to keep it focused where it's supposed to be. And I like to work with people also that want to learn and try to help them get to good levels also. So some people, they just don't have the surroundings or the knowledge, but they have the ambition that they want to do something. So kind of like coaching them or just giving them those tips and giving them the help to succeed. So those are kind of things I like to do. Well, Brian, you have provided so much value to the listeners and myself today. I mean, thinking through SEO and Facebook and pay-per-click marketing, just those campaigns that it's almost like if you don't have that as part of your business now, you're going to grow a lot slower than most, I think, right? And they're just such a valuable tool there when used properly. And it also just shows me, again, like I want somebody like yourself on our team that can help us to do that well, right? Instead of me having to learn it all and making those mistakes. But tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, sure. You can just go to my website. It's motivated-leads.com. You can go there, just give us a call, fill out a form. We can hop on a call and see if we can help you out. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.